And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Thompson. And across the table, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. To my left, the man I was rubbing, new co-host Chris Sims. And in our guest chair tonight, we have Shane O'Toole. Uh, and this is what you can expect to hear on this week's podcast. Mark got a musky. Uh, we're going to get to know Chris a little better. Um, we're also going to do some fly talk on retrieves and fly selection this time of year uh, with Mark. And uh, we'll take a little break when we come back. We're going to do Chris's trip to Mexico. I'm going to start rubbing Chris again because it was a little funnier when I was. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do our airing of grievances, whether it be uh, NFL kickers or urinimphing. I'm not sure yet. Um, we're going to make fun of the boys from Buffalo, definitely because of what happened in today's game. Um, we're going to do a little smoker's corner. Uh, where Shane and uh, Chris over here, the fattest two guys I could find, are going to talk about some uh, recipes on the way to cook ribs. So, uh, without that, before we get to it, Mark Burns, who are we sponsored by? We got Sims Fishing. Check out 23 new lineups coming out. G3 Waders, they just released. The new boots they released here recently, too, so check out their new stuff. A-Rex Hooks, check them out at arexhooks.com. Yeti, built for the wild. And Cortland Lines, they got a lot of new stuff coming out, so check out their musky lines. We've been using them here of recent and just really, really liking the just overall sinkability of the line, the castability, the, you know, the way that they're – the fishability, as I guess what I'm trying to say there. The overall fishability of the lines are, are loving them. So check out Cortland Lines. So, uh, Chris, do you want to get to know you a little bit um, before we go any further? Do you want Mark to get in his musky first? Have you had enough Four Roses? Uh, to start hey, this off now, or no? But I'm gonna do friends of the show because oh yeah, you should. Yeah, I don't want to leave our buddy Ryan Evans out at Queen City Guiding, uh, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, and uh, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods. I can't say enough good things about those rods. He was waiting for me to make the mockery out of Cortland there, so he can get going. There you go. But so. let's talk about Mark's musky because musky is way more important than I am. Did you right. take a chippy to Mexico? <laughs> I did not. No. I took my uh, I took my Scott. Oh, that's right. The twelve weight, or was that fourteen? It was a twelve. Twelve. Uh, although I wish I would have had a fourteen. And we'll talk about that later. So you what got you a musky. I did get a musky. I went out with Jimbo the other day. It was quiet. There was a few people there as normal. Nothing going on. Pretty much all morning long. So it's kind of one of them days. And right before lunchtime, we got into kind of like we had about a four-hour span there where nothing went on. So we got into a new spot. Jim was messing around, putting a new kind of know what he was doing. But I set up and started casting. and I kind of got to the edge, and I didn't think through. So I brought the fish in right into the eight, and then I made the turn into the eight. And when I started back down, his head was in the dirt. The fish <laughs> flared, smacked the ground, and boom, gone, 100 <laughs> mile an hour. Sitting there looking, I was like, you idiot. If you'd have, like turned your, my, yourself like on an angle about a foot this way, I could have had a longer loop, kept the fish out. So you, the fish, find, you find fishes hot this time of year as no. you find them all other times of year? No, they come a lot slower? They come a lot slower, and you got to work with them a lot different. And I know you're like to talk about cadences yeah. and stuff later, and we'll kind of get to that. But no, it's completely different. You have really good fishing right now, but it's really hard. They're acting like pressured fish. They are pressured fish. They come in. They It's a lot of cat and mouse right now, and it's a lot of one or two fish days, and the fish you do see, they're going to eat usually, but you're going to have to really mess with them. So that one came in, blew out of there as quick as he could, made a couple more casts. Jim Switch made a couple more casts. I'm like, you know what? 
we're gonna let's go eat lunch. Let's come back. Gave him about an hour and got set back in literally five casts later. This time I was set up properly. So I can make my figure eight, do everything I needed to do right. I kind of got myself situated before. Sure enough, about five casts. And this goes back to what like we were talking about there. I went to a it's just, just like a and it's what I use a lot this time of the year. It's pretty much just like a simple deceiver with a XL dragon Paccarini tail on it because it floats with the line. So if I got an intermediate on, right. it's floating with that line. If I put a floating line on, I can use like heavy fluoro. I can put a big like 250-pound swivel in there, and I can get that thing to run a couple feet down and just literally just leave it there and just let it hang, let it float down through edges of currents and things just barely moving. So your line's not dragging it right down. Exactly, and then a fly's not drifting down too quick or it's not staying up, and it's just and I can fish it really, really, really slow. I mean, because right now you almost can't go slow enough until you get the fish to engage. Once you get the fish to engage, it's a different story, but it's just getting them to just lift and come out of whatever they're doing when it's cold, just tough. So the slower I can fish a fly and still get a lot of movement in it, well, that's where that comes in. So that fly allows me to fish that way, but that t dragon tail on there is just always fluttering. So I kept running in, just jet black through the day. And probably about the fifth cast in, fish came, got into the eight, and it just kept going and going and going. We made probably three, four rounds, and every time that I would kind of look like – he cut mine off. There you go. Every, every time it looked like he was getting ready to eat, he would come in and he kind of like cut the corner a little sharp, and then he'd spin around and look for it, and he'd just be sitting there. So on three different occasions, I actually had to take the fly, pull it back in front of his face, got his attention again, got him hot. Honestly, like I say, this fish had to go in the neighborhood of 13, 14, 15 times around in the eight. Then one time, like probably about the 11th or 12th, he lost sight of it, got it right in front, and he got hot, and right around the next turn came right up high hammered it and the funny part is is i thought jim's sitting there watching the whole thing behind me well he's back there messing with his camera putting a new battery in what have you he goes i hear the strip from the line when i said on him stood up leaned back sent him right into the net i'm thinking he's back there watching this whole thing take place he's like oh i just heard something going on I look over and here you got a fish on like i thought you're back there this thing's probably going for a good 45 seconds around in the eight the guy that records everything didn't even see it no yeah not one bit but no, and I was like, that's just, that's a typical fish this time of the year. They're fun. They're hard. They're not easy. I mean, you make one mistake and you give yourself up and you lift that fish and his eyes come up where you're at or where you're rod and he can see that. He's out. You do like the first time I did. I got lucky to get him to come back again, you know, and jam his face down into the ground or you come around, you clip a log and then next thing you know, fly stops and he turns around. So there's so many ways that, that you can screw it up, but the cat and mouse with them now is so much fun because they want it bad. And they're just, they're swiping, they're coming for it, and it's, it's a good time of the year for it. But that was a fun fish. That one was one of them ones that, you know, it was, it was rewarding. I was satisfied after that fish. That was a fun one. That was probably 32, 33. It was a nice, nice fish. They're all nice fish. Yeah, solid. But that ended up being the only other fish we saw that day. It was just quiet. And that was before the storms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just before the storms. That would have been last Wednesday. Yeah, everything everything blown out now. Oh, we took a oh, wow. lot of water. And yes. then we got the snow today, and it's just, I hear it pouring off your gutters. I'm not there. It's just melting as quick as it's coming down. It's like yeah. 36 and snowing, and it's just, we're going to. Nice up. warm snow. Yeah, if we your going to make a. Uh, yeah, we got some cold coming now. Throw it. This is the snow. Yeah, this yeah. is a bit of a shock for me. Last Yesterday I woke up and mm -hmm. it was. 80 degrees. Yeah, 80. No clouds, sun. Yeah, it was all right. So do we want to get in some uh, fly talk? 
uh, some you know fly discussion this and retrieves right now, or do you want to get to know Chris a little more? It's up to you, buddy. Have you had enough of the <coughs> four roses yet? I have. I am. I'm ready to tell you my whole life story. All right, that's perfect. That's what I want to hear. So you know, without further ado, like Chris, tell us a little about you, a bit about yourself. Uh, you know, why you're here, how you got here, why you're on the podcast with us. You know. Just any, you know, how, how, you know, anything other than your uh, trip to Mexico. Basically, tell us how you, yeah, I have winded up fly fishing. So I doing started the stupid thing we do. So I started fishing with my dad when I was, I don't know, like two. We'd go to Canada every year, just jigging for walleye and drifting Lindy rigs, and that was fun. But at, like at eight, he was always a fly fisherman, and then at eight years old, he got me into it. And then throughout my teenage years, I'd skip school and go. Trout fishing local streams, and then at 16, we went to the Green River, Utah, for the first time, and I went, okay, I like big fish. Then we went again when I was 20, and then we started going up to the Cape, so that would have been 99. So back then, was your dad mainly just trout fishing, or was he doing everything before, prior to the Cape, too? He was just trout fishing. Okay. So the Cape kind of started all of the striper stuff and everything after Exactly. That. Yeah, we started going to the Cape in 99, and we had no idea what we were doing. But in 99, you didn't have to know what you were doing. You could just show up, find some fishy water, and you're catching stripers immediately. And then we were blind casting for the first couple of years, and then we got out and started exploring, and we found all the flats on Cape Cod. And then we realized you can sight fish for striped bass in Cape Cod, and that was, that was the end of my trout fishing. So I haven't really fished for trout. It's all saltwater stuff and then in the last couple of years i got into muskie uh and i and and the reason i'm here is i reached out to mark and i said hey i need a bunch of flies and i don't know how to tie them because i'd always just tied like deceivers and clousers and i quit tying trout stuff decades ago and uh we got to talking i'm like hey i'm only like 45 minutes away why don't you come out on the boat sometime we'll get fishing and then we started fishing together and fishing together and then we got on the serendipitously got on the same team for the beast i had a team lined up mark had a team lined up both of our teams bailed and we decided to fish together and we brought rick in and it was good since then yeah man i like that uh i feel like those experiences with you at the beast definitely had an influence <laughs> on you being a part of the team here yeah yeah you know the good times you've had up there the the sense of humor i feel like is spot on you're 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 my chad without being my chad you know minus us going to a million concerts you know i i feel like you uh like that's you know something you know mark brings a, a brilliant sense of humor to this podcast you know we all know mark so uh thanks jay yeah absolutely but i love i love the sense of humor i love how you are and, and you know as a person that's why when you guys when you said you want to be a part i was 110 in yeah, I was. So, minus was the fact that you're having another kid, which, you know, it's like when you told me that, I was like, well, yeah, man, wow. This guy might get busy real quick. So, yeah. And uh, we found out Thursday, my, my wife had her alter 20 week ultrasound, and I was in the middle of the Pacific off of Mexico. Uh, and she texted me an ultrasound. And I've got two sons. We've got a six year old and a three year old. And the ultrasound was labeled leg, leg. And in between those legs, was the giant Sims nutsack. <laughs> so, Third leg. <laughs> so we're going three boys in the Sims household, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, nice. man. You Congrats, have a, man. <clears throat> thanks, man. You have a bunch of fly fishing buddies for life. I, I just want a bunch of rowers. There you life. go. <laughs> yeah. Even better. Yeah. So uh yeah, I go to I go to New Orleans every year and Venice for redfish. 
I try to go to my dad goes to Cape Cod for four months of the year for stripers. I try to go see him for a week or two. When I was in law enforcement, we didn't get uh, overtime. So we got paid in comp time. So every hour over 40 we worked, we got an hour and a half off. I would take all of June and go to Cape Cod and fly fish for stripers. And it was awesome. That sounds wonderful. It was amazing. But I had to be in law enforcement, and that wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you were the 5-0. <laughs> that was the fuzz. Yeah, you were the fuzz, absolutely. That and try to maintain that fly as slow as I can in that depth. So whether it's swinging it, drifting it, or being able to just keep it, you know, a nice slow speed on strips, something of that nature. I mean, it's just, it's trying to keep that fly as slow as you can to give it as much time right now. So whatever situation it is, try to slow it down as much as you can. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, color-wise, it's just, it's color's color. I mean, you're gonna, I fish white, black, and yellow. That's year-round. All depends on the day, depends on the water, but I definitely want something that's gonna show some movement while I'm not moving it. So like the dragon tails or, you know, but yeah, definitely smaller. I mean, I do fish smaller yeah, this gonna, time of the year a lot. I was going to ask yeah. that, like, do you find yourself with a Pacarini tail doing better now at times than you do other times a year? Does it really matter? You just Honestly, always kind of like that it, anyway. At this point, it's getting to where literally eight out of ten fish are coming on them. It's, you mean, year-round where it doesn't matter. They're fishing phenomenal. I mean, I'm finding that there was ways that I was using them in prior that it really doesn't matter. They they work every which way still. Yeah, two years ago, all the fish we moved at the Beast were on Pacarini tails. This year, all the fish we moved on the at the Beast were on Pacarini tails. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Like eight out of ten this year. Everything we caught, we're all on. <clears throat> they just they work, and it's it's always got that nice little flutter right now with it being slow and just leaving that thing move. It's just always dancing. At least there's movement to it. But I like something that I can definitely work slow and hang and give as much time as I can for that fish to kind of react to it. I mean, if it's you know, faster water and we're fishing pockets, well, then, yeah, I'm going to be – that's where the river pigs come in or something sure. that I can cut in there quick and maybe mend up high and let that thing kind of hold right there before it gets ripped in or kind of like give it a little head up before it kind of jets itself back down. Just try to give yourself as many um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Strike uh, – just put the fly in as many angles to elicit a strike. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that new river pig you're working on. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not huge and it, well, it can it moves. be. Yeah, it, it could be absolutely. Yeah. You tied me one that was sixteen inches long. Yeah, but they can be, but they can you can take them the whole way down too. I like the fact we can do a three piece with you know three segments, two hooks and a shank, and still keep it down like a seven inch fly too. Yeah, and it moves. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful fly. Chris uh, brought in a little. Uh, I guess it's hooks. It's just a basically a prepped up hook set up. It's got two hooks that are one, and one of them is definitely uh, tied upside down in the rear. Hundred percent. And and what what's what's this fly gonna what's this uh, contraption gonna turn into? I guess I should say. Well, these and are. What, what's your what's your idea for that? Well, these are the hook rigs we used in Mexico for sailfish. Huh. So we've got one six aught facing down, and then an and then an eight aught trailer facing up. Because when, you, when you're casting off the back of that boat, you know, those sailfish come in and they generally hit it like 90. And and that's how we saw them hit. And it was super cool. So Mark and I, well, actually, uh, I talked to Mark all last week about tube flies mm-hmm. for, for muskie. And 
the practicality and making it work because these these hook rigs are for tube flies. You know, I brought. Yeah, I know nobody can see this, but I brought a big I brought a big tube fly in. Uh, just leave it on the table to take a look at it. But I think yeah, I think there's some practicality for tube flies and musky fishing. I don't think it's the end all because I mean each fly is its own different tool in its own different situation. But I'm pretty sure I can catch a muskie on this sailfish tube fly with that popper head. And, this, and I want to do that. And this tube fly being a, it described this a little bit for us, a little better than being this tube fly, just, just, for, just for the sake of the listener. Sure. It's about six inches of uh, blue and white feather. Marabou? Ma- Marabou and schloppen. And a bunch of flash. And then it's got two big eyes up front uh, epoxied in to the tube. Something bad just happened for the 49ers. Yeah, so we didn't mention this yet, but I'm a Dak Cowboys fan. Uh, People probably know. You you leave it wide open for Dak to run up the middle. You cover everybody well. Oh, here we go. Uh, This is where I didn't want the podcast to go. But, uh, yeah, Mark Mark's Mark. Oh, I know. Mark's and I. I put a 50 50 flat screen in our our podcast (laughs) room. You know when the game is? I I said, you know we probably shouldn't record that. I knew that, you know, this was going to happen, but you have to have it here. That's half the reason we were always pissed off in the last time around. Oh, not Pollard. Don't go out Pollard. Anyway, I'm sorry, Chris. We're interrupting you on you describing this beautiful tube fly. No, that, that's that's all right. I'm 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 here for the duration. There's only uh, so much time either the Niners or the Cowboys get to play more football this year. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So I understand. Here. I'm not upset. No, no, no. I really I've been like waiting it. for it's, this. It's a lot of marabou. It's a lot of marabou. A lot of schlopping. It looks like there's a lot of schlopping in there. A lot of schlopping. A lot of schlopping. A little bit of marabou. Two giant eyes up front, and they're Mm -hmm. epoxied in. Uh, Oh, yeah. Those aren't coming off. No, those are not coming off. And so... um, You know, for a fly that would take a lot of of strikes, even this would be a great pike fly. That's that's exactly what I told Tim. The head's what will make that, though, because that fly as a whole... I can't catch too many fish. I guess yeah, it's gonna but get torn apart. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's not that. There's just no movement. Yeah, there's nothing to there's it. N- it. They just, don't move. They just come in like a stick. This, uh, this but the would, head's gonna make that thing react and go all erratic and be sweet. It's uh, it's it's pretty plain, but I think it'd be great for summertime rapid fishing. Oh, absolutely. You know, if if sure. if we're hitting if we're hitting uh, faster water on the back edge of rocks, I think this would catch musky, mm-hmm. unquestionably. But that that might be one of its only uses. But yeah, I, yeah because fast. it's going to have movement and current, big time. Exactly, and I got to tie a couple up because I think you know with this hook rig, uh, just to describe the hook rig, it's a six aught, and then there's a coated wire going back about four inches, and then there's a reverse. Uh, if that's too often, I mean, usually every time we're out there, there's always something new, always trying something different. And I don't know, just trying to find. There's never going to be an end all. There's never going to be that one fly that just it's automatic and catches fish. That's right. But there's always going to be a fly that pairs with a line that's going to go into that scenario for that day to work the best. And it's just trying to figure out what it is. And I think there's a lot of ways to go out there and kind of fan water to kind of get an idea of what fish are. I mean, that's one way I like to start. I have certain flies that I go out with every time, and these are almost what I start with. And then obviously you got the ones you tied the night before. But it helps kind of give you an idea. Are the fish doing this or the fish doing that? And you watch and you see. I mean, are the fish here or are they here? What's, what's going on? Then you make your adjustments. Okay, now i got to get the fly down to this depth. Okay, am I going to use this fly and this line? And it's, it's kind of pairing them correctly 
to get to where that fish is this time of the year. Yeah, that was a lot of fun with you this year, uh, working out that wedge head. You you had started tying that wedge head, and we took it out the first day, and it started fouling, and sat there in the boat just for 20 minutes. We're like, how do we make this better? Do we shorten this? Do we lengthen this? Add more beads? Add a different rattle? And finally, we got it to where it's an awesome fly. It is my confidence fly when we go muskie fishing. Yeah, I have to tie that's, one of them in like five months now. That's I the, need to get back on that. It's the first fl- fly I throw every time is that wedge head. I love it. Stuck a 39-inch pike this year. Yeah. And like a 21-inch wall, uh, large so, mouth. <laughs> what was the uh, what, what, what was the twist? What made it work great? You'll find out whenever I put it on my website for sale. Sounds great. That's perfect. <laughs> hey, hey. I well didn't know done. if you wanted to well everyone didn't indulge at all. Hey. It essentially, if I could put it in the best manner for, is I, I wanted you know. a fly that was somewhere in that, what, 8 to 10 inch range? Yeah. And I wanted it to swim like a Tommy D&D. So it's kind of a blend of a D&D, but it's got a lot of Pat Cohen slot mop in it. But then it's also taken a lot of engineering in the back end of the fly weight-wise to get it in order to push that much mass to kick like a D&D will. Because a, a slot mop kicks great, but it's all marabou. And then you go to a bucktail slot mop, and it doesn't do nothing. It doesn't kick at all. So it's like getting that blend of it in between, where like you take a Tommy D&D, and then you try to make it bigger, and then it slides. It doesn't kick like that. I want that rapid snap, 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 snap. Any snap, influence snap. from an unholy diver? Very similar fly no. as well. And the only reason why I say no is it's it's not that it isn't. I just... I don't, I don't go in like the, I don't know. I guess the, 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 I tried, but the craft fur and everything of that nature, I didn't get, I can, I'm getting the action under six inches out of it. I want, but not above that. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. But let's put Great it this humor. way. In order for like that fly works perfect with a big gommy SC fit or an SL 12 S off the back. But the one I am doing now needs a larger short shank gauge. So it's it's stepping it up quite a bit. And that one's got a six aught in the back. So it's six aught front, six aught rear, and it's figuring out how to whip you know, get and I think one tough part with it is is like you've noticed, you bury them. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, our our oh, last yeah. our last float, I buried that fly. Eight Why do times? you think I don't have any left? I've went yeah. through like seven of them. Hey, what happened yeah. to your very first one that was perfect? It's at the bottom of a lake. And we spent forever trying to get that fly back. Yeah, Did that you jump off the side of the boat? No. I Take I, your feet down? I smacked the fly. I think it was off his crow. <laughs> and then the next cast, I made a strip, and I just felt like it popped, and it spun right off. So I think what I did is I hit it, and it was already angled, and I kept going with the cast, and it was already coming off the snap, and I made one strip, and it came right off. Yeah. So I, uh, it's funny because we – I talked to my brother-in-law a little bit before this. He's been on the show a couple times, uh, Dr. Adam. And he, I was like, you know, we're going to talk a little fly, you know, selection and fly retrieval. And he's like, you mean like getting your fly out of like the tree? Because that's like my kind of fly <laughs> retrieval. And it's funny you say that, um, Mark, because fly retrieval, like with oh, a giant line like that. And, you know, I've seen guys have those things where they like knock them off with like the big thing you put on your line, you send down. You, anybody seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a big it, ass yeah. weight. Yep. Like, so, uh, do you have one of those? And is that like common for you to, you know, try to use? No, but uh, you know what? I'm glad you said that because Chris can attest to this. There is a lot to be said 
about knowing how to get flies out of snags while like the cast is in place. Hundred like, percent. You can ask him. I I'll purposely throw snags because I can roll it right up out over top of it, and that fly is going to sit right there. But if that thing hits and it starts to roll, lift your line up. Don't let don't pull. Don't let it do that. And just keep lifting until that hits the head, and then it'll spin right off. And knowing how to get a lot of them snags out, hundred percent is the difference between catching fish and not catching fish. Right, like like just the the simple roll cast when you're hung up. Oh sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you're le- and you can see your leader. If you're fishing anything, if you're fishing anything heavier than a floating line, roll cast out past that, and you're back fishing again. Otherwise, you spend another fifteen we all, minutes. We all know where all the fish are at. In the yeah, trees. You don't want to. Right wanna, next <laughs> to all the snags. Right? You don't want to pull a double. They're in the snags. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, you don't go ripping on yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we, but we nailed to that answer your time. question, though, I don't know, rod tip. Rod tip, I think, has been always been. And I know it's one of the worst yeah, things to do, but here. it's almost the only way to get some of them out of there. Mm. But when you get into them, Just like, the tip. when you get into like the 26 degree or the 60 degree hitch, you better get rid of that ball. The clock's going to run out. That's wow, one He's second. He's so scared, man. He ain't scared. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, six, six points. So six but, points. You co- you said they were going to score 40 fucking seven. Sorry. 45. I didn't mean to. 45. It's still not over yet. You still got the whole I second half. I don't think they're going to score they put 40 up 41 points. 41 against I Seattle don't think and had that's 16 going to happen half. against this kind of defense. But sorry. Uh, well, I guess too. Back it, to fly fishing. Speaking of speaking of the tips, last time we went fishing, Ryan Ryan got hung up. Ryan got hung up. And that's what you say when Hard. you when you get like a 26 or a 60 degree bend where them are down, your hook your tip of your rod can't do nothing because the hook point's going down, you're pushing down, you're both pointing down at the bottom. And his came so out at the ferrule. Yeah, remember I did. that. So he's rod. He's like fishing the rod back together. Yeah. So he oh, was, that sucks too. He was fishing a sinking line, and that sinking line got wrapped around a rock. Oh. And then his fly got hung up. So he's trying to pull it. And he's trying to roll cast. And we can't figure it out. And he's running the rod tip down to it, but it's not going the whole way because the line's wrapped around a rock. Sure. So the rod tip got stuck, and then the ferrule came out. So now he's got a quarter of his rod underwater. We can't get his fly out, and he we're just looking at each other like, what do we do? And we just, we let Mark row around it eight or nine times until we finally figured out how to get that thing out of the water. But I, f- I felt bad for Ryan because that what? was a brand new rod. He had just cut the plastic off it after he landed that musket. He didn't musket. break the rod. Well, no, 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 no. Well, but I felt bad because I thought he was oh, going to. Yeah. And how was his, I bet, and I love Ryan, his 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 opposition was probably just. Oh, he tried like heck to get it I'm out sure of there. He, he did. Yeah. It's like, all right, yeah, we're and breaking. You know, and, and that, and even just, you know, I bet he was just optimistic the whole time anyway. Yeah. It was just fun having, regardless of if he, you know, whatever happened, happened. I'm just happy to be in this experience, man. I'm just happy to be having the fun. <laughs> We're hanging out. Yeah, that he was likes seeing day. his friends. Much yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna lose flies. It's just as easy as that. It's it sucks. It's you know, you don't want to dump twenty, thirty bucks into the water, but so you, you have a break you lose point. Baits, you lose flies. You lose. Do you have a break point in your line, or do you just well, not run that? No, I mean, I run that? forty. Um, I typically typically run forty um, maxima. So that's nylon. And most of our break points are fifty pound quarters on our fly lines. Yeah, so and I, I run fl- I run forty fluoro, and uh, same thing. Well, I tell you what, I caught that fish and then I lost a fly right after it, and I had and I was actually just jacking around. I've been running straight fifty fluoro for a while just to see. I'm getting one to bite off, and I haven't had one yet out of the last like four fish that have even frayed the leader. Really? Not even frayed it, but that one actually broke too though. Wow, fifty pound. I was surprised. I'm like pulling like a. God, I'm going to break my fly line. But yeah, that's the scariest part. You're like, I don't want to break my fly line. Yeah, when I, I f- couldn't get it, though. I tried like hell. I couldn't get it. When I first got into muskie fishing, uh, coming from saltwater in my head, I'm like, all right, 
I need my fly line down to a 50, down to a 40, and then I need a 20-pound brake section, and then I need a swivel, and then I need 18 inches of wire, no. and then I need a fast etch, and then I start fishing, and I'm like, I need 40 to 40. Anymore, yeah. <laughs> I quit even taking the loop to loop out. I'm running, I'm running the swivels in the middle, just tying it right off to a swivel. I like that little extra weight to bring it down, mm. but with like wedge heads and stuff, it allows for them to work and not spin yeah. the line. I haven't had one pop at the swivel. I've been, I tell you what, the non-slipper polo loop knots tie that on everything. Yeah, phenomenal. I'm a, I'm a non-slip like mono it. guy, but same thing. It's effectively the same yeah. knot. Yeah, yep. yeah. We were tying slim beauties all last week. Mm. 60 to 100 pound that's uh after your bimini twist a couple nights before yeah i retied that by the way because I'm, I'm glad because <laughs> the first couple ones he's like look at this i was like i don't know bimini twist but isn't this knot supposed to seed down to this knot and, uh uh yeah uh it's kind of like i need to watch that video again <laughs> well I had, okay. a, I had a couple beers a couple bourbons <laughs> tying bimini twists and i was like uh, we got to mexico and we're sitting at the hotel room the first night and i said Hey, Dad, I'm going to retie this bimini. And he's like, you don't trust it? I was like, uh, not at all. So I retied it, and turns out it worked. Nice. But I'm, I looked at it again, and I was like, man, I'm so glad I'm retying this. Hey, before we t get too far ahead of ourselves, and you tell us too much about your great trip down to Mexico, we're going to take a little gentleman's break, and when we come back, we'll get into uh, Chris's trip to Mexico and our earrings of grievances. <laughs> Sounds great. And we are back. We're going to go into a uh, little bit of Chris's trip from Mexico if uh, Mark and I don't interrupt too much by interceptions and or anything that happens in the NFC East uh, divisional round. Keep running, Dak. I love it. Um, so, Chris, you got to go to Mexico with your dad. And uh, do you get to go there often with him? Is this like an annual thing? Or do you, is this the first time you guys have got to do this together? And yeah, this just just talk for the next forty five minutes because that's what we need. Boy, I'd love to. Okay, uh, sounds great. This this was our first time uh, going to Mexico. I've never been to Mexico, but I mean, I go to the Cape with Dad, and we go to New Orleans together every year for redfish. So we get to fish together. But my dad's eighty one, and he's a he's a tough eighty one. Like he still runs every couple of days. He rides his bike. He's in great shape. He fishes every day from sunup to sundown on the Cape. And he's six foot three, 350 pounds as well. Five foot seven, 141 pounds. You should have seen the milkman. <laughs> Apparently, your milkman was huge. U UPS guy. UPS was gigantic. guy. Yeah. Gig okay. But he's a, and a full head of hair. Oh, wow. I don't know where you got that from. Yeah, I wasn't blessed with that either. No. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I got to go on this trip with my dad, and it was awesome. So there were. There were six of us that met in Zihuataneo, uh, Mexico. Myself, my dad, Tim Borski, his son Joseph Borski, and uh, two brothers from the Sarasota and Cocoa Beach area, the Hermansons, Tom and John. Awesome dudes. So that's that's the best part, you know, when you're sharing a lodge with a bunch of guys and all six of you fucking jive. That's huge. Oh, sure. That makes the trip much better. Yeah. Absolutely. I was in Acklands in the Bahamas pro 10 years ago, and one of the guys that came with us was a fucking douche. <laughs> like, like he misplaced his memory card for his back then. It was those digital cameras. And he yelled at all of the staff there, and he's like, what do you stole this? You're all thieves. And then he found it in his pocket like the next day. Never said a word to them, never apologized. 
anything that you said, he's like, well, when I was studying at Harvard, I noticed that what you're saying is completely incorrect. And I was like, shut the fuck up, Bill. <laughs> so, so there's I'm a chance. you, Bill. Yeah, there's a chance you have a, a shithead on your trip. And luckily, we did not have that. And uh, Tim and Joseph were fucking awesome. Tim's a relatively famous dude. Was that like a hosted trip or does your dad know Tim? Dad, uh, turns out dad did not know Tim. Oh, okay. Well, I thought he did. So Tim talks about these trips. Dad reached out to him because they've got some mutual friends. Uh, My dad knew Lefty pretty well. Oh, wow. And uh, there you go. So he reached out to Tim and said, hey, I understand you go to Mexico every year. I'd like to go with my sons. Uh, My little brother wasn't able to make it. But so my dad and I went. And I thought Dad knew Tim. Nah, that's not the case. Little but brother also fly fishes with you guys. Yeah, he's uh, he's he fly fishes when he fly fishes with us. Other than that, he doesn't really fish all that often. But it's awesome. We went to uh, we went to Michigan a couple times fly fishing for smallmouth, and he goes to New Orleans with us every year. So he'll fish twice a year, no, probably. No, no. That's actually I'm telling the truth. Mark's just very sad. About the 49ers. Yeah, they must have just duffed a punt. And now we're about to score, bro. Hey, 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 hey. All right, keep going. Uh, Your your, your story is great. I'm sorry this is happening. You seem enthralled. I like it. No, I'm actually. (laughs) I love love the story. This is great. That's why I asked you about your brother. You know, I never got to fish with a, you know, brother. Well, you know, only brothers that I made in friendship. And, uh, you know. We lost Mark. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the, you know, it would be a cool thing. And I, I understand the dad fishing thing. That's just a wonderful. And then, you know, you understand to embrace yeah. every one of these experiences that you still have left and they get in because I, I love it. And I do the same with my dad. And I really like those yeah. moments in life mean more to me than any fish would ever mean to me in my life. Absolutely. Well, that's so. and that's that's what happened on this trip. I'll get to that later. But uh, to back up my mm-hmm. wife, uh, unfortunately, I lost her father last January. And her brother, my brother-in-law, and my father-in-law were best friends. They went to Alaska together. They went to South Dakota to pheasant hunting together. So that's why I got to go to Alaska last July. I took his spot on the Alaska meat fishing trip. I mean, it mm-hmm. was no, sure, jigging but still for fun. COVID. Yeah, it was a great time. But so when I told my wife, I was like, hey, I want to go to Mexico for a, for a week with my dad. She said, okay, it's with your dad. Go. Go do it because he's 81 and hopefully you get 10 more years of doing this, but the odds aren't there. And mm-hmm. Sure. So we're we're going to do it every time we can. Absolutely. So we, we head from Zihuatanejo about an hour and ha- hour and a half south uh, down the, what I learned was referred to as the Narco Highway. So yay for that. <laughs> but we're in Mexican trucks and everything, so we were safe. Get- <laughs> Get down to a small town, and I mean, the town has 260 people in it. It is when you watch a movie about a Mexican beach town with tin roofs and fucking dogs running everywhere and chickens and roosters. Sure. And a couple, that's what it was. Oh, there yeah. Was, there was no nightlife. There was, they call them uh, miscellaneous. And there's these little stores that have potato chips. They've got your drinks. They've got cold beer. They had uh, mm. like Jose Cuervo. And American liquor, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. And it's exactly what I fucking wanted. Like, I don't want to go somewhere where there's a whole bunch of tourists and all that shit. This was awesome. Authentic, actual 
Mexico. Yeah, just being in the outback of anywhere. Absolutely. And just fishing. That that's you know even what we seek here. I think you know I I don't want to see anybody when I fish. No, I don't I'm with see Mark. Anybody. If I can not see a soul and go fishing, I'd rather just not catch fish. Fantastic. Uh, a couple spoke English, so that helped. But my Spanish got a lot better. But I, I'd go back again, cause, and I want to go back in the summer, because in the summer is when the roosters are in on the beaches. And I want to, I know the word is run, but I don't run. I want to slowly waddle after some fucking rooster fish. In 110 <laughs> degrees. Maybe I'll buy a four-wheeler when I get there. <laughs> It'd be like 10,000 pesos, which is 35 cents U.S. And you're going to wear like, what, every uh, sun shirt you can ever find and a pair of gloves. What, next time you need to invest in a pair of Sims gloves or something, buddy. Dude, what I are you doing out there? I have a pair, but I didn't take them. Because the What are you thinking? You're going to like the equator, mm-hmm. right? It could be too far from the equator. I mean, well, Jesus, I, hell of Christ. I mean, it's way closer than this shit. I really thought SPF 75 would handle it. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> SPF, it's, it's, I, I look baked. Swear to God, 75 was all I wore all week, and I still got sunburnt. That's how fucking pale I am. But it was, I recommend it to anybody. Flights down. Uh, how was the flight down? How flight? was the flight back? It sounded like you <sighs> a little roughed up there. Flight down was perfect. Flight Flight to, we flew from here to, from Pittsburgh to Dallas to Zewatneo. Pittsburgh to Dallas was a 5.30 a.m. flight. launching the ball around you, idiot. We keep going. It was a 5.30 a.m. flight, like 50 people on the flight. I had an entire exit row to myself, which is really the dream of a chubby guy. Yeah. It was great. That's awesome. We get to uh, Dallas, completely booked flight. Completely. I, uh, I, I up. That you also had tickets for. Uh-huh. And I sat to the lady version of Shaq. This woman was six foot eight, probably 350. Oh, geez. And she chose the center seat. Oh, big sexy. Yeah. And for those who've never seen me, I'm six four, about three and a quarter right now. So it's not like I'm not spilling over into the next seat either. So we, uh, we, we created a bit of a twist ice cream cone for about six oh, inches yeah. there between the seats. It was it was not good. But we got there and everything was great. Coming home, flight into Dallas was great. Got to Dallas. They're like, hey, uh, I understand you'd like to go home. We can't guarantee that. Hmm. So uh, we're supposed to get in at 11 o'clock last night. What time did I text you guys today? 10? Uh, 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. I yeah. got home. So that's that's been awesome. There goes your boy, and probably his next season too. Who? Pollard. That. Pollard. No. Uh-huh. Carted off. No happen. Sorry, football interlude. Yeah. Uh. Uh. So the flight home, blue, blue. But we made it. Yep. I and I'm here. That was my yeah. concern. Is I wanted to see my kids for a couple hours, wrestle with them, uh, take a little power nap, which was not in the cards because my kids. Didn't want me to nap, and uh, here I am, and I'm super fucking jazzed to be here and see you guys. Yeah, I don't Great have to have we you don't here have to, tonight. I, next time I'm going to be on a plane, I will be on my way to uh, Disney World. 
So that'll be great in October. That'll be next time I'm on a plane. Last time I've been on a plane. They're all good uh, experiences. I never flown. Uh, you know, never. Uh, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you, said you never flown? His we're face. No, yeah, we're not gonna. We're not gonna pass over that. Say that again I directly have, into the mic. I have never flown. Wow. <laughs> Is there a reason? Never you like went anywhere that. I are you like Jace and says, "I don't fly because I don't have wings." That's pretty dumb. Nobody has wings. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just never had to go anywhere that I God didn't drive. Well, I got to tell you, not this summer because I'll have a mm, like one or two month old. But next summer, we're going to Baja for rooster fish. There you go. SVS goes down hmm. south. There you go. Are you talking yeah. about me or are you talking about like uh, like like you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If the if you know if, if it's time I'll do it, but no, we're all gonna do it. That's fine. Let's go rooster. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Um, I mean, the highlight of the trip was being in Mexico and the Mexican people also catching a trophy Dorado, but it was it was awesome. The food was great. I was just gonna say, how was the food? You didn't get into that. Food was unbelievable, and the yeah, lodge where we like stayed the, in, like the dinners. What was your dinners? So we came off the water at three, right? So every morning they had breakfast waiting for us, tortillas and fresh fruit and juice. And then they'd pack us our lunch, which you're getting really close. Yeah. I like it. Well, that's how I do my thing. You just, you just keep talking. Right on. Yeah, he does. He makes it awkward. You're trying to talk, but he's like doing, like, like funneling everything around. So then you're watching him, but he's yeah. like, oh, no, just keep talking. Keep I talking. Just, I, I wasn't good. watching I'm him. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to like it's hover like, it's like my, I felt his breath on my eyeball. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, sorry. why are you so close? I'm sorry. It's my baby. <laughs> this is my baby. And, uh, you know, I want, it to, I want it to be perfect. So, I, you know, I just, I just worry yeah. about where we're at. Time I didn't want your nose to poke me in the eye. Wait till the end of the show. He's laying his head on your shoulder and rubbing your back uh. it might happen yeah I'm not, give, give I'm me not a few more complain. sips of that alcohol and who knows what happens so uh what the fuck was i, I might tell you go fuck yourself at the end of the show remember that's happened too so you yeah. never know i remember sending mark that text to be like hey you need to check on your boys i think they got into a fist fight talking to i don't remember who the guest was but the gentlest most mild chill dude in the world and you guys are motherfucking each other <laughs> I loved it. So I texted Mark. I'm like, Mark, you need to check on Jay well, let's Chad. Not, let's not Make let sure get, they're cool. Let's not let me get too much of that brown liquor <laughs> in me, and uh, I won't do that. I promise. I promise. It was Jason's fault. Oh, so the fucking food. So Go back to the food. Breakfast was awesome. So they, they'd pack our lunch, and I haven't had Wonder Bread since I was a kid. <laughs> Every lunch. Oh, that, that, that drink did not do me so well. Yeah, it doesn't look like it did. Woohoo! Yeah, we gotta put the cork on though. Get the fruit flies down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? That's like they're like. There was, was like one, a, and now there's like six. Yeah, it was like a. What's that? A hummingbird to they're a feeder for the bourbon. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure they didn't come from the bourbon. Coming for the bourbon. Oh, <laughs> for the bourbon. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you opened the bottle. They're probably coming the fucking out cat box before, and then they came well, for the bourbon. They're like, I'm going to get drunk, and then I'm going to eat yeah. some cat shit. Luckiest flies ever. <laughs> cat shit and fucking bourbon. <laughs> but that was Mexico. Uh, go do it. Fucking get out there. Go experience something new. It's awesome. What time are we at here, buddy? I'm just trying to run things out how we want them to be. We are sitting at 43-ish Perfect. minutes, which, yeah, I like it. Do we want to run our airing of grievances, or do you want to sure. talk some more Mexico? Uh, Mexico is, that was that. I caught, All right, I caught cool. the biggest Dorado vibe ever. In the seen. whole world. Not not necessarily. No, no, no. We're just, we're just that's what it's, yeah. Other than the other records for Dorado? Sure. Yeah. 
the biggest one in the those, whole world. Mine was the biggest in the world. Yep, perfect. I like it. We're the I love unanimous, it. unofficial, yep. yeah, undocumented. It, yes. Yeah, and it would never go for IGFA because we uh, ate it. A, we didn't shut the motor off. B, uh, we didn't have certified scales. Did it taste wonderful? Oh my god, it was so fucking good. We that's we what had, matters. We, had, we ate Dad's two smaller ones, and they were fantastic. How uh, did we? Did you already explain when I was sitting here being an idiot? How they cook them? Uh, so we had we had we had fish twice. The first one was a red snapper. They <laughs> they scored. I have one of those. They scored it, <laughs> and then they deep. He's fr- not kidding either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then they and then they fried it. They didn't deep fry it. So they scored it down to the to the spine, and then they fried it in oil, which shrunk that score. And the oil got in there, and they did it with garlic and onions at a real low temperature. So the garlic didn't burn and the onions didn't burn and that fish cooked through and they did it on both sides. Oh, it's fucking banging. The mahi they did in oil. Uh, it didn't do it skin on because they just peel that skin off. Hmm. And uh, we ate it in tortillas. And it was it was amazing. They made like a like a, a salsa verde, beans, mm. rice, mahi put in tortillas. Oh yeah, yeah. That it's, sounds it's pretty good. wonderful. Yeah, I'm filling up right now thinking about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Last time I was at the ocean, which I don't go to the ocean often, but you know, had me some fresh swordfish. Didn't catch it, which oh, would yeah. be even more satisfying if you caught it and then ate it. But you know, always love to go when you go to the ocean, get the fresh fish, get whatever's fresh around the. Absolutely. If you go get whatever they had just got in that day, and you're probably going. The right way. Oh, I'm not done but, with Mexico. Okay. The I other more Mexico. Oh. We have time to burn. Mark's over here, boohooing about how this how is. So Tim Borski teams playing. So Tim Borski and his son Joseph. The greatest, the greatest defense of all time. Ooh, shots fired, Mark. Mark took his headphones off. Forty-seven. Fucking checked out. Forty-seven to something. I saw. I saw forty. I saw forty-seven to something. I thought it was going to be a three-point game. Okay. Yeah. Well, we still got the ball. Thank you, because your guy trucked him. Oh, he hit him too hard. We don't. We don't play football no more. No pass interference. That was way in the back. Okay. So, so Tim and Joseph are huge, like biology dudes, right? So every night they hire a driver to take them out driving these back roads looking for snakes and wildlife. Holy shit. Every night, right? So I went with them two nights. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. You I got wanted... the stones, man? Fuck yeah. I, snakes don't bother me. Uh, Spiders, that's not my yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I will, can see a snake. Yeah, I'll pick up a snake. I will hold a snake. Mm-hmm. I will fist fight a bear. Spider, I'll piss my pants and run away. I'm not, I'm not here for spiders. Holding. Creepy spiders. Uh, so I went out with them twice. We only saw one uh, one snake. It was a cat eye snake, super cool looking snake. But that's their jam. Like mm-hmm. every night, they leave at six thirty wow. at dusk. They go out looking for snakes. In in that part of Mexico, there's all sorts of wild cats. There's ocelots. There's pumas. There's other cat. <laughs> it's awesome. The only thing we saw the first night was a tarantula. Which doesn't bother me. It's not a creepy spider. It's a cool sure. looking spider. Um, one of my roommates had a, had a tarantula in our house. But so I started a shared album with those guys for our trip today. Uh, Borski and or both Borskis went out and they saw a coral snake, hmm. which is a, 
beautiful snake. Sure, yeah, coral Which, snake, yeah. And it was it was fun. Oh, we just, have a milk snake that looks like a coral snake. Isn't that what we have? Yeah, and they have milk snakes down there too. Oh, okay. Real big ones, like six, seven footers. Oh, holy shit! Yeah, and uh, so saw some UFOs, saw some cool constellations, couple snakes. But that's that. But sitting in a car with the Borskis for three or four hours, just bullshitting, telling jokes, looking for snakes. Hearing their stories, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, I'm going to keep in contact with those guys, and maybe you guys will be hearing from them too sometime, so. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, that'll be Maybe awesome. wonderful. Yeah. It was it was a good time. Now. <laughs> You're done with Mexico? I'm done with Mexico. Okay. Nate, I, you could take as much time in Mexico as you want. This is your trip. I want to hear about it. I think it's interesting. I thought that was a great tidbit that you were about to leave out on. I mean, that was, that was just, yeah, those sounded guys, like a great time. Those guys are, fu- and so Joseph is still in college too. Hmm. And, uh, he's getting a, a degree in business. Where at? Uh, I didn't ask. Cause well, he's a smart kid. He has to be somewhere. Ask me somewhere where smart kids go. Well, quite actually, I didn't give a shit. Just sure. say, just say you're in college and I'm like, all right, cool. Okay. Awesome. And you could say it's anywhere and I don't care. Sure. But yeah, so he's fishing and, He's not a biology major, though, which surprised me. And I said, why aren't you a biology major? I'm like, this is your job. They're trying to get out a lot with they can with time-wise, too. But you reach a point where it's just like, okay, this is enough, and now I need something a little more. And then you just keep working your way up to it. And you're only nymphing with something that lasts like six months. I was like, yeah, this is – I mean, you catch a ton of fish, but the reward to what you're doing is so little that when you're done fishing, I just feel like I could go right back and go do something else. It's not satisfying, you know. There's no satisfaction yeah. to it, and I, I guess that's where I'm missing. Is I'm, where, I'm where, just, how do you get satisfied out of that? Even, I don't, I'm, I'm asking. Even where we like, that's how. Like, even I got my start into fly fishing, was, you know, it was we were, we steelheaded a lot, and it was we steelheaded with this kind of rod, you know, regular rod and reel, just you know, normal whatever you would call just a medium light action regular rod and reel, and then we moved on to noodle rods noodle rod them for years and just killed the crap out of them with those things just twitching any kind of anything with a jig head on it whatsoever marabou's you could just annihilate fish with an 11 foot rod and just being able to manipulate them and you could you know there's whatever spinners anything else cleos everything on it and you could just kill the fish so then it ultimately became to okay now i want to I want to make it harder. I want to make it harder on myself. Yes. And I feel like by going to the check niffing, your niffing thing, you're making it, you're, you're just taking a step back almost. Yes. And at that point, I'm just going to grab a regular rod and reel and just kick the shit out of everything if I want to, if I really wanted to. I mean, we can all just, I, I can maim many fish out there like that. Yeah, just, just get a buddy with a gill net. And and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to talk myself up as a great fisherman at all, but I felt like that was just the maturity that, you took as a fisherman, and I, man, there's something, even, I'm the most bobber, I will run a bobber, <laughs> and an indicator, and a nymph rig, I'm not against nymphing, hmm. I love nymphing, Undica- under an indicator, under a, under a dry fly, you know, dry, uh, dry dropper, you know, hopper dropper, if I'm, especially anytime, if it's clear when I'm, you know, brook trout fishing, I just, you know, I just don't feel like that's just walking backwards for me. I, I just felt like, you know what I mean? And not that I've ever tried. I mean, I, tr- I have, I've tried it with other guys' rods and that kind of sounds great, huh? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I felt like I didn't like it. 
So you know, I'm, I'm not. Didn't I, like the taste. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I guess I'm not a Euro curious. Uh, just like I wasn't. I try to. I try to center pin for 20 seconds too, and I wasn't center pin curious. I guess it's not for me. Um, well, I did it. I tried it. Oh, you tried it? Oh yeah, fuck yeah. So I I, I used to work with uh, Oil Creek Outfitters, Mike Laskowski, when he owned this fly shop, and I used to go to the fly shops for him, just or to the fly fishing f- shows. So I went to the fly fishing show in Somerset. Uh, I wasn't running a booth, but I was just out there to gain intel and meet people in the industry. And those are always great fly shows. But there was a seminar, this dude from the UK. I can't remember his name because I'm dumb. And, uh, <laughs> That's all right. And it was like an hour and a half on Euro nymphing. And it wasn't called, he didn't call it Euro nymphing. But I'm like, fuck yeah, that sounds. That sounds like a good way to catch fish when I can't catch trout. And I, I really wasn't trout fishing at that point in my life. I was mostly doing the saltwater and smallmouth uh, on the big river here. And this was early 2000s. And I said, fuck it. So I went out and I bought a TFO 10-foot flyway. Or 10, You're old, by the way. What's that? You're old. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, bought, I bought a five-weight. 10 foot, and I bought all the stuff, and I banged fish. And on, like, the third day of doing it, I was like, this sucks. Like, sure, I'm catching fish, but, like, they're at my feet. Like, this, and, and I realized it wasn't for me. And, and it can be for people, and there are great guides in our area that, you know, there are people out there that I'm just. I'm going to be pissing off a lot of friends. People are going to probably be texting me later, go F yourself, Jay. But, yeah. hey. Yeah, and we're gonna not like a lot of stuff, and and if it rubs you the wrong way, I'm sorry. We love you anyway. Yeah, it's, and like I said, treat treat the fish right. Doesn't matter how many catch. That's catch right. All of them. And, and it makes you feel good. And to me, I don't I don't give a fuck how you fish. It's just not for me. Mm-mm. And then at a, at a, in my twenties, I also realized with trout, no matter how well you handle them, you're killing about one out of every fifteen twenty fish, according to to what I've read. So if you're gonna fish, if you're gonna catch a hundred fish in a day. I mean, you're killing five fish, so why not? Why not work harder to catch those fish or eat them? Yeah, or eat them. Yeah, stocked fish in our area, fucking eat them. You go to the center of the state, maybe, let them be. Yeah, let them be. But here, I mean, it's it's a stalker. Grab it, eat it. But ah, that's why I don't trout fish. I'll, I'll brookie fish like you. Like I'll go. I'll go pound through the mountains and slowly. Yeah, in your area, we need to uh, meet somewhere. And take a walk one day just to have a good yeah. time. I got a lot of really good. I'm I'm only like yeah. 45 minutes away. Yeah, that's where all the good brook trout streams are. Yeah, they're all they're really good. And uh, some of those brook trout streams lead right into my main body of water. <laughs> Damn it! Go ahead. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't care how you fish. I'm just not going to your own nymph. Yeah, I know. Me neither. And it's then you know, like I said, I love my buddies, and they some guys that I know do a lot of it. And it just again, I just feel like it's. One of those things it's where you you know you just I feel like it's take a you take a step back you know. But you know if that's I, your I living, I love mending and I love like that, that's what makes I like the challenge. That's what makes fly fishing so fucking hard. Yeah, like <laughs> like you have to make a great drift, and you're not just dragging the fly with a weighted fly and a and a and a, and a drag or whatever a, another tag fly be above it in the in the fish's faces, yeah. and that's just you know for me, it's just like I said I I I don't know not that I feel above it I'm no I'm no. I'm no great fly fisherman, and I'm no great anything. So, but just I, you know, just for me, I just 
variants of grievances. We we love all your your inference. We're just we're just joking around. On yeah, we love our buddies. Projects. We just hate the way you fish. Yeah, it's just, it's just, <laughs> that's, just, that's just stupid. So uh, with that, we're gonna take another uh, break, and we're gonna come back with the smoker corner. If you want to learn how to cook some ribs, these are the two fat guys to listen to. So and then we'll come back. We'll talk some more playoff football and. Uh, Hopefully the end of this game isn't too bad for the Cowboys or you'll hear me crying. Hey, and we're back. Hey, this is going the right way this time. Hey, and uh I'm so smart. Hey, <laughs> hey no, we're 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 <laughs> hey, we're working our way through this. I, I would rather you do this than me. Uh I did very halfway decent at it last week, but uh You did great, my friend. You know, uh I I always I just feel like the guy running the show just shouldn't be the guy running the running the board over there. So uh, yeah, find the guy with the biggest fucking dick fingers. Yeah, to run the. Well, you said you board. were halfway savvy with the computer. <laughs> I mean, geez, this guy, this guy crossed from me with big dick fingers. That's going to talk to you about smoking some ribs here. Uh, you know, he runs a computer all day. So I don't know. It must just be you, friend. Now you'll get into it, and hey, you'll learn it. And uh, I, I figured, well, we'll, you know, that'll be a learn, little learning experience, and. That's why my nose is up next to yours half the time looking at what we're ha- what's happening. That's right. Welcome to the podcast. You're running the board. There you go. Hey, you said you wanted to. I yeah, think I'm we, in. I think we were drunk that night, but, you know, who's counting? Um, hey, you guys want to go in with some rib talk? Uh, I wanted to get in a little bit of smoking talk, smoking food. I think everybody who listens to our podcast uh, appreciates some good food and appreciates, especially in this season. We're getting into the... Uh, the meat of the NFL season right here. If you're going to be having Rookie. parties, you're going to be having them right now. And, uh, you know, we're not having a party, but I'm going to start crying here soon. Hey, in my, uh, hey Dak, how's that rookie looking now? He's looking okay, I, you, you dickhead. But, so, I like it. with further ado, I want to I introduce Smoker's Corner. Uh, we're going to, uh, it's not like Mark and I, but uh, it, you guys uh, putting some food in a... Uh, any kind of smoker you got? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk fucking pork. So I like uh, it. So ribs, right? Ribs, right on. Uh, so basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna start from the beginning. For go the, ahead, man. Yeah. For the maybe uneducated, there are two types of pork ribs. There are spare ribs, and there are baby back ribs. Baby back ribs are generally referred to as loin back ribs. Because effectively, all the meat you're getting off of baby back ribs are from the loin of the pig. And they're, so they're closer to the top of the spine. Spare ribs are further down. They're going to have some of the breastbone in them. And then they're going to have about 13 ribs going back. So you can do them two ways. You can do a St. Louis cut where you cut the cartilage and the top of the breastbone off. And you've got that nice rectangular rib package that you see on all those smoking shows and everything. Those, those perfect ribs. If you cook them that way, make sure that you keep that little bit of breastbone and that cartilage. That's the part that the guy who's cooking gets to eat because it's done before everything else. So let's start with baby backs. Do you cook uh, any baby back ribs? I prefer. Yeah. Over I, spare ribs. I do like spare ribs, but um, yeah, I prefer the baby back. I feel they're more meaty. Um, they don't mess up as easy as well. I feel like you can mess up a spare rib pretty quickly. You can dry it out. Yep. And uh, they cook faster. 
which is then a, then a spare rib. Like you should be able to do a rack of baby backs in three or four hours, uh, depending on the temperature, of sure. course. It depends on your style too. I'm I'm more of a slow and slow. The baby backs that I get around here are extremely thick, so sometimes a, they take me seven eight hours at two twenty five. Oh, sweet Christmas! So there's a lot. So they leave a lot of that loin meat on there. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. There it's real thick. Um, I usually Palumbos. Yes, our local Palumbos. Yeah, I weekend your meat. They I've been meat. using peach butcher paper on them like I do my brisket. I I'll smoke them for about four or five hours and then I'll wrap them in that peach butcher paper and let them finish. And it seems to help tenderize. Awesome. So I don't do a lot of baby backs because uh, if I want pork loin, I'm going to eat pork loin. So walk me through your baby backs. Like, how, how do you do them? Like, let's say you get a set of baby back ribs from where, from Palumbo's. Sure. Give me your your first step to your last step. Walk me through your entire sure. cook. Um, so first step is I let them sit out for an hour at least. Let them get to room temperature. I think that's key. Um, I'm usually start with salt and pepper, coarse kosher salt, um, and then just any ground pepper. And then I usually make a rub, which consists of a lot of things. Go into it, man. I want to hear your rub. um, You don't have have to give us your proprietary blend. No, no, no. There's no proprietary (laughs) blend because I don't measure. Um, I usually just use... An empty container, and then I just dump and kind of eyeball the flavor I want. So I start with usually garlic powder, onion powder. Um, I like paprika. I I, I like smoked paprika, but if I'm going to smoke something, there's no point in using smoked paprika. I use just a sweet um, ground mustard, chili powder, cumin, uh, oregano, a lot of times I like to take a little bit of either Montreal or chicken right. steak seasoning and I just blend that in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I usually do something like that. Um, so I coat my baby backs with that mixture. Do you use Ta- any sugar in your rubs at all? So that's where I'm getting to next. Once I put my <laughs> rub on, then I take a light brown sugar and I coat the top of it. I don't usually do the bottom. Um, just because the drip messes up my smoker quite a bit right? and just causes more headache. So I, I, I put it on top. It still drips, but not as bad. Um, but that, that light brown sugar just <laughs> caramelizes and makes a coat, yeah, holds yeah. in flavor. Um, so and, just back up a little. I don't mean to interrupt you. No. Do baby back, since I don't cook many, do they have that uh, membrane yes. on the back that you have to remove? And I, I remove it every time. I know okay. some people like to keep it on to keep the ribs tight. I just prefer to get as much, I mean, it's silver skin pretty much yeah, off as get possible. Get the rub on all the meat. Yes. Yeah. Do you use a binder? Do you use like vinegar or mustard or anything on? No, I usually, I usually don't. I don't like to add liquid to my smoking process. I know a lot of people do. Even when I do other cuts of meat, I don't use a lot of liquid. I'm more of a dry and then wrap it in the butcher paper and let it the moisture come from the fat. Do you start with butcher paper on it? No. Okay. No, dry for the good first. Good answer. At least half. <laughs> now, so, so I want the smoke to penetrate the meat, but then I, I still want the smoke flavor to keep 
entering. So that's why I'm against foil. I, I you, you'll never see me use yeah. tin foil when I'm smoking because Same. smoke does not penetrate tin foil, but it will the butcher paper. Right. So you, so you start with your your rub, and then you. I, I start with salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. I coat it in salt before I do anything. Salt it, a coarse kosher salt. I I mean you won't catch me use table salt for anything I ever cook. Right. I I don't have it in my house. My wife, when she bakes, she just has sea salt that she uses. Yep, I, I think that's the right move. Uh, because because table salt is what is it like fifty. Double or four times stronger yeah, than kosher just... salt. You can easily oversalt something, and in the the reason uh, we're salting everything first is is it always kosher or is it sea salt? I, I use kosher, but yeah, you can I, use whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, I like kosher because it's got a good texture to it and it's cheaper than sea salt. Yes, and and the reason we salt first is of all the I'm going to get super scientific and nerdy here. Of all the things you can put on meat, the only th- the only molecule that is small enough to penetrate through the proteins of any meat is salt. So if you salt something, salt will actually penetrate the meat. And if you salt both sides, it'll meet in the middle and your meat will be perfectly salted the whole way through. Nothing else will penetrate meat. The, the molecules are too big to get through the protein. So your garlic, your onion, marinades, everything like that is barely going to penetrate the meat. And so so that's why we salt first. Get that salt the whole way through because, and you'll see it. If you salt a piece of meat, it'll bring all that water out. And that water will mix with the salt and create a brine solution. And then the meat will actually bring that brine solution back into the meat and let the salt penetrate. And on shorter cooks... You can do that right before you cook, but like a, or I'm, I'm sorry, on longer cooks, you can do that right before you cook, but shorter cooks, like if you have a steak or something like that, you want to salt it 24 hours in advance, put it in your fridge on a rack and let that salt penetrate. And then, hmm. um, no, I like it to penetrate. I'm uh, I'm married. I get to, yeah, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so. So how long do you cook it until you wrap it? Um, so with the ribs I have been getting, it really depends on the size. Um, and I've just been doing this recently because with regular like Giant Eagle store-bought um, ribs, I, I don't have to cook them as long as these local. Right. And those are pre-brined. That's the other thing yeah. you want to look for is a lot of ribs you'll buy in the store come in a 15% salt solution or brine solution. So look at your rib packages wherever you buy them and make sure they're not pre-salted so you're not adding a teaspoon of salt per pound or a tablespoon of salt per pound because you could really come out with a salty piece of shit. Sure. Go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, the skin's about to be a salty Yeah, piece no, the, the store-bought <laughs> ones, the, you know, the, the smaller, you know, you base – you base it all on size. I don't really use. Um, don't they all? I don't use a thermometer much when I smoke anything. I know a lot of people do, and I know that's the most precise way. But I kind of learned on my own over years of trial and error, and I kind of feel like I do things better just timing it out my own way. Right, well, paying attention to your cook. Yes. Yeah. But I am. I am lazy, and I do use a 
pit boss pellet smokers so I can sleep at night. <laughs> right on. Oh, if you're doing brisket, like it's, you like to do a lot of brisket too. We're not going to do yeah. brisket tonight. We're going to leave brisket for another night for you but too. It, it allows We're leave me at the to ribs. So um, check check the temperature from my bed because it's Bluetooth. <laughs> right, but with ribs you don't have to do that because I mean worst case scenario you're looking at an eight hour cook. Yeah, yeah, but if I'm do you know I got a party at two. I'm usually starting at at five or six in the morning, and yeah. I can put them on, and then I usually don't go back to sleep, but I'll lay back down for a couple hours. Right. So you is there is there something you look for in your ribs when you decide to wrap it? Is it your bark? Like when your bark is formed, you say, I'm going to put this in peach paper. Yeah, I, ba- I base it off of what I see. Um, you know, when they start to get that caramelized, you know, in the first hour, the sugar is going to caramelize on top, mm-hmm. which is nice. But then it starts to build a, I don't know, a browning co- color. And I. Yeah, and, and, and the more you cook, the more you'll see it. And you'll yeah, say, it's, that's the color I want for my ribs. And once it hits that color, then you wrap, yeah, right? And when I started, I, I cooked a lot of shitty ribs and different <laughs> things. And again, I learned what to do and what, what not to do, just kind of doing things on my own. Right. And that's that's the way to do it. So when do you take your ribs off? When do you, when do you unwrap them? When do you look at them? Do you do you do the bend test? Do you um, what do you do? Usually, I'll I'll see how how they do bend. I I won't open the the butcher paper though. So what I do is I, I usually use a couple pair of tongs and just kind of see how they bend. And I usually know from there when. But again, I I, I kind of usually base it off of timing. So right. at that seven hour mark, I'm going to take it off and then. Um, and that's at 225. Yeah, I usually And that's for uh, a really thick rib. A, a a thick rib. My 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 smoker is on 10, so I usually do between 230 250 depending on the temperature outside. Um and then I've been resting them in a cooler. Right. <clears throat> so instead of just a lot of times in the past I just let them sit on top of the oven for an hour and open cut Things would be fine. It'd be juicy. But I, I think the cooler just continues to help break down things, keep that temperature still really hot for that hour. Um, I, and I do the same thing for almost all of my cooks. Do Now, I, I preheat my cooler. So I will – so when I get my cooler out, when my cook's about half an hour left, I'll get my cooler out and I will pour uh, about a gallon of hot water – into a stock pot, set it in the cooler, close it. And then when I go to put my ribs in, I will pull that water out, dump it out. I'll put a towel on the bottom. I'll put my ribs down and then I'll put a towel on top of my ribs. And so I'm preheating that cooler. So it works kind of like a, a Cambro. Sure. So it's, it's preheated and, and, and it keeps that heat for a long time. And I've, I, I've never thought of that, but I think I'll try it next time. Yeah, it works. It works well for, for other bigger pieces of meat like pork butts and brisket and everything like that. So uh, for those that don't uh, or don't have the experience, uh, I recommend temping it. Uh, get yourself a thermopen or something like that. Ribs are done about 202, 205. Yeah. Depending on the ribs. You know, if you've got a real fatty rib and it's like a really big uh, fat cap on the top, 
it might be done at like 195, 200 degrees. So the real test is that bend test, is when you pick those ribs up and they bend and they don't fold in half and break apart, but they just have a nice, if you pick up one end with the tongs and they fold to about 45 degrees, that's, that's it for me. I don't want them, I don't want them bite off, the, I don't want them fall off the bone, but I want them to have a little grip, but still be super tender. Yeah, and I, again, when I wrap, a lot of times they they are fall apart. It happens, but right. I'd prefer them to have just a slight, a little pull, slight pull. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. But yeah, again, I'm new to wrapping the ribs. I, I really yeah. haven't done it much until I this last smoker I bought and getting these these local ribs that are just so. I mean, I bought I think four or five ribs, and they were twenty seven pounds. Total for like four or five racks of these baby bags. Sweet Christmas! It was. They were that big. Wow. <laughs> and I now I'm, I'm a St. Louis guy. Yeah. Like I want my St. Louis ribs, uh, uh, the non baby bags, and I will cut. I will cut to make that perfect, that perfect rectangle that you see on TV because I don't want, I don't want to serve my friends and guests. All that cartilage, right? Sure. Like the breastbone I get, but so when I get ribs, I, I, I normally take the membrane off. So these are St. Louis ribs. I take the membrane off, which is super easy. Take a piece of paper towel, put a knife underneath the first rib bone, grab that paper, grab it with the paper towel and rip that membrane off. And then I salt it and I wait until that moisture comes out. And then I put my rub on it. And my rub is super similar to yours. Only I don't use sugar. Yet. Uh, so I don't put sugar on right away. And it's mostly garlic. Yeah, a couple well, good catches I'm going to drink some of my sorrows away. Give me it, a shot here because of fucking we're done for the rest of the playoffs. You know what? It's time to give hey. up the Cowboys and just hey. go full Bengals. I, I, I'm about the point to just being a true <laughs> Bengals fan. Well, Dak didn't help you. Two picks no. tonight. Uh, I love me some Joe Burrow. You know I love me some Joe Burrow. He's my favorite guy in the whole world. I still hate the Bengals from all of that Vontez perfect horse shit. Well, and I'm a Steelers fan. If you Let's go, put that on yeah, the record. okay, hold on. Well, if you're going to go back, I hate the Steelers because of all the uh, old Hoffman bullshit with fucking uh, Carson Palmer. Yeah, chemo taking out Carson's knee. Maybe he's got a point. Maybe he shouldn't have been such a pussy. Well, this guy, this guy had a, had the same injury and came back and went to the Super Bowl and isn't a fucking pussy apparently. And yeah, he's Joe, a bad, he's a bad mother. Yeah, Shut Joe, Joe Burrow didn't. No, no, that's why I think the Bengals are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. So he was a pussy. If yeah. Mahomes is hurt, they're going well, to the Super Bowl. Exactly, Mahomes is a little banged up, and we're going to talk about this. We, so, so at this point in the night, we've already got through. Everything we already know who's going, so it's uh, we have Chiefs, Bengals, and we have San Fran and the Eagles. Your San Francisco 49ers beat my beat my Cowboys. I was hoping they would go or go that closer, but two white game changers for Smalley season. <laughs> yeah, we did, I we don't bet, want to tie. We, we did bet, bet some game changers. Uh, Mark said it was going to be like 47 to 14. I, I, I said 45 17. I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Uh, I said 38 35. And nobody scored any of those kind of points. No. Um, Two good defenses. Dallas' yeah. defense played well. Yeah, they're, they 
yeah, they both have stellar defenses. Ish. Both their defensive mm. court. Uh, the worst They're part is good. Not good both enough. their defensive coordinators are probably going to be head coaches next year. They're both probably gone. <coughs> D'Amico Ryan's in that. Your your ours your is career. almost like a revolving door now. Salim and, went uh, the the Jets. So ours is uh, Quinn, right? Dan Quinn. Oh, thanks. That's that's you guys. Just are man. Look that's at you two. You guys are a bundle of joy over there. Um, that's a lot of fucking joy. It is two <laughs> bundles of joy. I think we that's got. I think we got damn near almost. Uh, we got to be pushing. That's over 600, 600 pounds of joy. 600 pounds of joy on that <laughs> end of the table. I'm like 340, 345. Yeah, I'm like 315, but I'm I'm 64, you're 64. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that's that's two giant bundles of joy over there. <laughs> Together we can dunk. Individually, not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I'm going to put We're putting both of you in Mark's boat one of these days. <laughs> and I want to see And Mark's that. rowing. And, and I want to see that thing frowny face. And Mark not even be on the water. <laughs> Mark's going to walk out of there with shoulders like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to extend uh, yours out a little bit. So, yeah, playoff football. We could talk about it a little bit. Uh, what do you think, Chiefs Bengals? Anybody? Anybody want to step I think up? The Bills look bad. How about that? Let's yeah, we can talk about that first. Yeah, let's. Yes. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, but your oh, team no, we're not going to be sorry to Ryan. No, I am because I like the Bills other than the fact that they spawned the Kardashians. I generally like the Bills uh, and because I, I hate Cincinnati. As a Steelers fan, I loathe Ohio. Let's just be realistic here. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm liking you less and less. That's okay. But you can still rub my back, sweetheart. <laughs> All right, I'll keep rubbing your back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I think Cincinnati loses. I think Dude, if Patrick if, Mahomes has a sprained ankle. Yeah, if Mahomes no is back. There's no way. I, and let, hold let's on, be hold wrong. on. I like the Jags, but. I think Chris Jones alone is equal to three of the Buffalo Bills linemen today. So that's going to be one tough thing right I there. Do. I do. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, do you know what I think about. And I think is the most underrated thing in the whole process is the Bengals' defense. Bengals' yep. defense came up with a 98-yard or, or um, fumble recovery for a touchdown last weekend. To and and when the Ravens should have scored a touchdown right there, and been up seven, been up seven in the fourth quarter. Not to say Joe Burrow wasn't going to get the ball back and do what he had to do, but. Their pass rush was getting there. That's a tough defense. You know, this week it was it was Joe sits back and gets to dissect whatever he wants. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. He that ball was coming out of there quick. Well, yeah, they the, called up a good game the receivers, and Joe knew oh, what to well, do. Yeah, and then towards the end they can they had a little more time. He's as close to what we're going to see is like a Peyton or a Tom Brady and a young quarterback. And, and a young see. quarterback, yeah, absolutely. And one of the younger we quarterbacks. Can't say that he's a lot have of guys, legacy, a lot more guys, throw like uh, Herbert's another one who's more like Joe Bur- Joe Burrow. I like him. He's he throws the ball around a lot. Very good with 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 a great coach. I think could be at the same caliber. It, it, the only thing, like I said, I always don't like about that kid is he just doesn't walk around with the swag. Joe Burrow has swagger, dude. He doesn't. He 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 goes out there and he has his buddy in in Chase. Who scored, should have scored two touchdowns tonight? Like they have a rapport already, and it's it's just so, man, it's so dynamic. You know who else has swagger? Jalen Hurts. 
Sure, he does. He That's walks around with some swag next too. Sunday. That's just showing on there now. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> this podcast next Sunday. Well, oh, no, next Sunday. No, your podcast get, next Sunday is fucked as well. <laughs> no, it's not fucked. It's gonna be no. It'll be it'll be a fun time. We'll be. This is it. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna. <laughs> there's gonna be football on in the background. We're we're men who love football and we love fly fishing. And Dad said, if you don't like those things, you're, yeah. You're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I shouldn't I, be out here. I am, I am predicting uh, Cincinnati loses if – I am predicting Cincinnati loses if Pat Mahomes is healthy. He won't be healthy. It's a high ankle sprain. In, in NBA terms, that, that's like out like two or three fucking weeks, maybe even yeah, a month. But NBA, all you're doing is fucking running. In the NFL, you have to run one seven-second play every 40 seconds, right? And he's got the arm to make it happen. Plus, the drugs that, that they can hit him with before the game. Like, I got a cortisone shot in my ankle before I went to Mexico. I feel fucking great. And I'm humongous. And my ankle <laughs> is a wreck. And I, I didn't feel a tinge of pain. So if that can work on me, like a highly oiled athletic machine that is Pat Mahomes for a high ankle sprain... Having to work on it eight seconds out of every minute. And not to mention, they're going to be playing in Atlanta. Right. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're playing in Kansas City. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, right. Kansas they City. Are. Yeah, that's right. This was the way it was supposed to be. And this yeah. was the way it was last year. The you Bengals walked into Kansas City yeah. like this. Walking around like like uh, old, uh, what's his name? Uh, Conor McGregor. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Burrow walks onto the fucking football field. Like Conor McGregor walked into the... like. The UFC ring with that much swag, and even if he got knocked out here and there, he walks in there like it doesn't like it doesn't matter. Like he throws a pick, it doesn't matter. Yeah, TJ yeah. Watt taught Joe Burrow lesson. Oh, he, and it, then it, he'll go right through, and then he'll start the next uh, Jim Kelly Jr. legacy with two Super Bowl losses in a row. <laughs> we'll see about that. You guys aren't even going to get past the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles' defense is better than the 49ers' defense. Yeah, but the Eagles and played off, in a way better conference. But the Niners' offense is better than the Eagles' offense, uh, in my opinion. I don't think so. It, I it's, do. it's 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 it has it's, better. That's a good, it has that's better a good debate. It, it really because is because I think it's very close. You know what I like about the Eagles' offense? It's gimmicky. It looks like a college offense, but it's not. You know what, though? It, it, it is. A lot of movement. If you look at record, yes, record, the divisions were harder. But New York's a lame playoff team. They didn't have much depth. They beat a team that just composed that whole second half. To they what? Got For them what? The, Seven points. They got them in the first. Enough to beat you. Oh, I'm just oh. saying. Oh, he no, for, no, sure, sure. He still went, what, four, was it 14 to 22 for 200 and something? In no picks. Oh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first person to say that I don't think that Dak Prescott's the quarterback. I to think win I, you the Super Bowl. I'm I'm the first. I'm the first Dallas Cowboy. F- I I'm 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 a, no no don't win, won't win, can't win. He's Donovan McNabb. He's literally Donovan. I think Mac. that kid he learned enough. He gets too nervous before analogy. games. He he just he he eats it up in his head. His head is not. Man, I, that's why, like I always say, I'm 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 a Joe Cool guy. I think he's he's the best quarterback. I think that was a good game for them going into the Eagles because he learned a lot there. Because he did, he got rattled to the beginning. I mean, he wasn't like making stupid plays, but he was he, he wasn't on. And then he came on. Well, I think that's gonna start off in the next game against the Eagles a little bit better, having well, that composure now after 
playing a better defense. Regardless, that is the best Kellen, defense. Kellen Moore played. needs fired, or Dak Prescott needs fired. One of the two. Re- and it sure is Helen Dan Quinn. They're going to be awesome games. Yeah. Like no matter what, like both teams are very well equally matched as compared to our college championship this year. That was a. Was not. I didn't even see well, the score. No, Who was the score State, of that game? Ohio State oh, damn near beat was, Georgia, so that was that was the well, only good one, one. But what was the what was the the last one? Oh, uh, TCU versus Georgia was like a blowout. Like sixty-five to seven. It was yeah. a blowout. And the, and the you championship was Ohio State versus Georgia. Yeah, but we're not going to see that in the NFL the next weekend. We are going to see two, hopefully, really good games. Like I I. I my prediction is the Niners over the Eagles. I couldn't believe, again. And the Chiefs over the Bengals. That, I mean, you're going to have an offensive game followed up with a game, or a, the, 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 nine, or the, the NFC games early. That's going to be a defensive game. I think you're going to see some shots in the second game. Now, There's going to be some, that, some scores. Take me back to the early 90s. Sure. Did the Chiefs not play the 49ers in the early 90s in the Super Bowl? No. Because, well... No, what because that would have been when Montana was with the Chiefs. Yeah, because Montana. That's why I remember it. Because Montana, I don't think I went to. No, he didn't went to the Super Bowl. He went to an AFC Championship Joe game. Joe Montana, not yeah. with the Chiefs. Not with the Chiefs. Not with the Chiefs. No, with the Niners. But I remember watching the Chiefs play the Niners in the playoffs. Might have been a regular season game. Yeah, it had to be a regular season game then, because it wouldn't have been in the playoffs. But I remember Joe Montana beating the Niners because I was a huge Joe Montana fan. Like I still have three hundred and some. Joe Montana cards, which now the value is close to $4.85 for all of those cards. Sweet. Uh, But I remember that game. Uh, But I really think if it comes down to what the Chiefs beat the Niners, Super Bowl talk. Well, they're not getting past the Bengals, first of all. I don't think – well, and I'm biased because I fucking hate the Bengals. I'm surprised that the the Bills didn't put up a, a, a bigger fight today. I think that the bang- was the biggest I, I shocker do. to I think me the of the Bengals day. Bengals are probably going to beat them. Like I, I, the shocker of the day was. Do? I, I thought that, that game was going to be a, a shootout <laughs> at thirty-five, thirty-eight. McPherson kicks a field goal for the win, and it never just got close. See, a, a lot of people are going to say, it, with Pat, Patrick Mahomes' injury, yes, he can get those quarter shots, but once you get. Oops, Sorry, but once you get past that first or second quarter, and he's if that pass rush can get to him, he's going to start to hobble because even though you get those shots, as soon as you get hit, it hurts. Um, but I think, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think what I, I think that the Chiefs' defense is an issue with the weapons that the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals hold. Um, I mean, you have two number one receivers and two really good slot receivers. You have Joe Mixon. That's a ton of weapons. 21 points, but that Jamar Chase got called in the back of the end zone, which I think was a close call, but it happens. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed the early game today just because Dad's Bengals fan. I know he was running around his house with his hands just raised in his Burrow jersey and his Bengals hat, probably acting like a fool like I was. Did I got. He, did he yell "Who day forty five to fifty times"? 
Oh, I'm sure he did. I did. <laughs> I, I root for them just because I root for dad's team. I, I do. I, I he's uh, you know he's lived a long life of having a shitty team, and this kid came in and walks around with the moxie and swagger, that uh, you know, and they ask the questions of, you know, how long is my how long's the window? It's my whole career. You know, and that kind of—that's just—that's just awesomeness. That just—that just, man, I love it. I love the swag. I love the moxie. I love what he wears and his things. It, you know, he acts like—I don't know—he acts like he owns the fucking place. And that's just—that's if you're gonna want to win, and you want to—I don't know—if you don't have confidence in yourself, nobody else is gonna have confidence in you. And you know, I think it goes from the head coach down because I heard his interview too, and he said when they said they're underdogs, he's like, "We're not underdogs to anybody." Not anybody in the AFC. And, you know, that's one thing I think of, I, I don't think that Dak has. And then almost Purdy, Purdy walks around like that. Purdy walked around like that as soon as he got the job. He walked around like he owns the place. Like, look at these weapons I have. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. <laughs> I get the keys to this car. You, you, you have the keys to a Ferrari. You know, what are you going to do with it, kid? You know? I think Dallas is always going to have the same issue until the one big thing happens. Dak's gone. Jerry's gone. Uh, Jerry's gone. Yep. Jerry's yeah, got to go. Yeah, Jerry's right. the issue. The scrutiny and the pressure and the way that the light is in Dallas and how it is, I mean, you're just not going to get players that just. You know. so it's the same with the Pirates. Like until Bob Netting sells the Pirates. Oh yeah, that's we just, just not spending money. We, we just shifted to baseball. Yeah, uh, but yeah. but just shitty management, just shitty oh, they, ownership. Let me rephrase that. Not own, not management ownership. But yeah, they uh, need, they need I read out. something today, though, even about the Bengals, and we'll go back just for a second. They yeah, go made, back to football. Baseball sucks. They made the uh, no, but they they went to the Super Bowl last year and sold the rights to their uh, stadium, and they sold the rights to the indoor tr- uh, practice facility. They finally got as after two other high school teams have them right down the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? Giant high school Ohio. Uh, high school football teams have them, and Bengals just got theirs last year. But it has rights to it now, and there's rights to other stuff. And now there's gambling involved in all this stuff in Ohio, and it just seems like when they opened up that door for them, now everybody, all these all these big entities want to jump in, and it's a definite way to jumpstart your uh, stock in general. And now you can pay more players. Now you have more money because they're going to have to pay this kid a boatload when the end of the season comes. No, you're still at a salary cap, regardless. Everybody's working with sure. the same amount of money. Oh, I understand, but they're going to have to but, pay this kid yeah. a boatload and figure out how they're going to do it. Their biggest thing going, they're not going to be able to keep is both receivers. That's going to be tough. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because oh, Higgins yeah. is going to get a big contract from somebody. Oh, Huge. yeah. And, and rightfully so. Yeah. He's amazing. But like Kansas City, the tough part for them to sustain Super Bowls and to keep winning and winning and winning is not to pay Patrick Mahomes $50 million a year. You're not going to throw a quarter of your whole well, salary cap into one player. That's the one nice thing about guess him what? being guess so what? longed out. Go look at Brady's contracts. Well, that's what they'll do. He wasn't making 30. No, it has not to do with the longed out. I mean, yeah, you can adjust money to where it's shifted to where they're paid so that you have this year you're giving him so much money so it allows opens. Sure, There's sure, a lot sure. of crap in yes, there. Yes, exactly. But, when, you, when you extend it to 10 years. But at the end of the day, $50 million a year to him, and then you have another quarterback that's getting 20, and you're able to pay three $10 million, whether it be 2-0 linemen and a D lineman. Sure. I'm going to take the 2-0 linemen and the D lineman in a $20 million quarterback. Because you keep M adding them up, 
That's how you win year. I mean, they, great. Shit. Yeah, they keep getting there. In three but, years, you better be ready to fucking pay Brock Purdy in the whole fucking purse or what this year. I'm but, telling and, you and, that. But, and again, he look keeps at playing like this. Andy Reid's been coaching since what, 1990 now? Yeah, sure. And he's won one Super Bowl. I've been to a million AFC, one NFC championships. And, Super oh, sure, Bowl. sure, sure, sure. The way that they're structuring these contracts with these quarterbacks and these massive, massive deals. You're gonna have teams that are like the Rams, and they're gonna pile money, and and they're gonna it's gonna turn into baseball. It all of a sudden you're gonna start seeing trade deadline deals now, where it really wasn't big that much before. Trade deadline is if you had a guy that was coming up to the end of his contract, you wanted to get something out of him. Now they're shuffling th- three, four, five draft picks around, you know, big time to try to make moves that you know trade deadlines were five, six years ago. It wasn't like that. Yeah, like the Steelers make a Fitzpatrick trade. Like, that really worked out well for the Steelers. But at the time, we were like, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of and them it, this year. Yeah, it, and they're, they're big trades. And with, that's why I like the salary cap is because you got to do that. you got to make those big moves if you want to get somebody that's going to make a deal maker, that's going to make a playmaker on your team. Or you don't pay your quarterback $50 million a year. Yeah, sure. ask sure. Cleveland how that's working. Oh, yeah, yeah it's going to work really <laughs> well for them. Yeah, and you're tied in for, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you've got to find a way to build a team and pay the team and try to get away with the least amount of quarterback. If you're going to, you know, it's just, and, and I, that's Okay, you Niners fan. And everybody and, talks and no, about. I want, I want my guy. I want my guy that I can trust, that I can put my whole stock in. I looked at him today and I said, man, he looks like he's ready to go. And I'm talking about Burrow because that's my guy. Yeah. I'm just saying, I love him. I love him to death. When my, dad, when, when my dad's team drafted him, I'm like, that kid just played the best college football game of all time. Literally. Kick Trevor Lawrence's fucking asshole in and Dabo Swinney, who I fucking hate. And he and carried so him today. And I will say that. Yeah. But there's going to the be a point. In the fucking league. There's going to be a point where he can't carry that offensive line we'll any see. further. We'll That's see. right. Look at the Steelers right now. And even Zero offensive line, they blow. They improved. As the season went on, their line got better. Yeah. I mean, you look at last year. The only reason they had a chance this season was because their line stepped up. And as as giant men, we understand the offensive line. Yep. Uh, I, I, I played offensive line. Uh, I wanted to play defense, but uh, if you look at me, you'll go, that guy's not fast, so he shouldn't play defense. But, yeah, it's all about the offensive line. But what I wanted to say sure, was the, and everybody the puts – defensive and offensive line owned that game today. Mm-hmm. But keep going. They that keep game, going. but the Bengals' offensive line is bad. Every, that no, is a not. test. It didn't look bad today. That, I, but everybody Buffalo's puts, line is horrible. Everybody puts all this pressure on Pat Mahomes and says, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes. Look at fucking Travis Kelsey. Like, I don't care who you put in there as quarterback. That guy can catch a ball. And make a play. Well, the yeah. Thing look at is, look is at Chad Henney scored a quarterback or scored a touchdown as a quarterback yesterday. The other yeah. thing with he Kelsey, he came in with ninety eight or ninety some yards, 98. right? Ninety eight yards and scored a touchdown. Henny, Henny, Henny's <laughs> old, almost as old as you are. He's Actually, he's as old as me. He's thirty seven. He's, he's younger than me. Yeah, easy cheetah. Oh my right, god, I know, I know. half a decade on. He you. looks forty three. <laughs> Hey, look, I thought he was 47. chips on the way out, too. Oh, yes. yeah. That's a, that's, that's, oh, when he chips and sneaks away. Oh, my God. Is that and that's the old school lethal. football I want to see. I want to see someone chip away, get out there, 
take a pass, make a play, punish a defender, get up and say, I'm going to do it again. The Chiefs, That's why the I, lo- Chiefs I love proved, a good tight end. The Chiefs prove that they can grind out a game because uh, I've said it before when we were talking Friday, Jay. The Jaguars, they're, they're not there yet, but they are a young and very, very talented team. That's going to be a good team down the road. They are going to be The Chiefs defense is still skeptical, though. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. That's why I said everybody's going to talk about this Mahomes injury, but their defense being able to stop the Bengals is why I think that the Bengals will be in the Super Bowl. I think that it's possible that they win easily, but history's shown that it's a three-point game every time with those yeah. teams. The, the Philly and San Fran game, though, I find that very, very interesting. It's going to be a I, good game. I don't know who to pick there. My heart says Philly, but this San Francisco team is solid. Well, and I think one thing with this, the Niners team this year against them is a lot of that team's been there now. Sure. They were just there a couple years ago against Kansas City. Minus the QB. A lot of – yeah, but everybody – again, he hasn't been there for anything. And these just don't screw up. Don't throw – don't do what Dak did. Don't make stupid passes. Both them passes were stupid. He didn't throw one. He threw a couple in the dirt. He threw one where he almost ran the clock out. But he never made a really stupid pass. He had one deep ball that was maybe like three foot behind him. But Dak made four or five stupid passes today as a 29-year-old sure. veteran. So that's all he does not need to do. Just don't be stupid making it. If, now, if you make turnovers, don't fuck it up. it's going to be a different game. But the the Eagles are going to be a great team. Their offense is young though. Their defense is their defense is aged. You They've got been that there a while. Sweet, you got they're that, you they're got solid. That, their defense is really good. You got so that sweet good. car. You got that sweet car, and you're going to the homecoming, or the or the or the prom with the hottest girl. Just don't fuck up the car, right? That's all that that's all the pretty has to do. Just not fuck so, up the car. That's right. And with uh, all the, with all the pretty girls and all the, all the, all the things that have to go with the hot and the cool car. So. uh to not make our fly fishing podcast fifty uh, percent football, what are your picks, Mark? Who wins next week? I'm gonna go Niners Bengals. Shane, Bengals Eagles. Oh, Jay, uh, I'm a Bengals Eagles guy too, just because I fucking hate Mark's Niners. I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm going to go Kansas City Niners. Okay. Rematch. Double or nothing on your flies. I'm not making any bets. You give me the Eagles? You get the Eagles. If they win, you don't owe me no flies. If I win, I... You owe me two more then. You'll be up to four. Okay. We can do that. I'm in on that. I trust the Eagles more than I do my own Cowboys. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Let's go Jalen Hurts all year. I've, oh. I've, I've rooted against this kid. Well, next you know, week I won't be calling out my colors like it's I funny. was walking in here. I walked in. I was like, I'll take two small white ones. I got to bring up just a little bit more football stuff. No, go ahead. I won our fantasy football uh, league. My, my championship belt is sitting. That is a sweet little belt. It is an awesome belt. That's my championship belt right here. That actually fits you too. Oh, it fits me. It fits <laughs> way around. Uh, yes, yeah. It, it's like it's like a wristband for you guys. It's a bracelet, dude. But it's 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 a uh, it's a championship bracelet. But it's actually like metal. That's and a it's choker. Pretty sweet. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, Chris, 
I, I earned it. Uh, worked my ass off for that bitch, man. Yeah, yeah that's right. I run the league. I was close, but yeah, it was a fun league. And uh, Jalen Hurts, I was rooting against him all year because yeah, Shane loved him. I drafted and him. was all about him. And I had, I had, you know, my love for Joe Burrow is because I had him for fantasy football as well. And he won me to went me got me to a championship and some money, a good amount of money. We we we, we throw fifty bucks in a person. There's ten guys in, so you're not, you know. Five hundred bucks is sweet. This is my f- bucks is sweet. This is my first year since the late nineties that I have not been in a fantasy league. Well, man, if there's a spot next year. Liberating. Oh, this is <laughs> liberating. Shane Shane smokes some food, ribs, and has a brisket or whatever with tomahawks this year. It was this year sweet. I did uh, two Thor's hammers. There you go. Nice. Some short ribs, so, some spare ribs. Uh, so can I just show up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely. Then paying and, and money and pretending he's to give a, a he's shit a, about he's football. He's a really nice pool table. You can hang out, drink beers, pool. I have the ultimate all your man alcohol cave. you want. Yeah, nice man cave area, bar set up the whole nines. Two big screen TVs. It's a lot of fun. Nice. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun. I I ended up winning this year. I was I was very surprised. Uh, guys came in and out. I got McKinnon. Kinnon or I. Came up with McKinnon. He came in for a few days. Mixon went out. I had P. Ryan. All went in. P. Ryan played well when he, when when Mixon was out. Uh, I just had these filling. It, it just all went well. And, you know, all the little moves I made. McKinnon just, goes to San Francisco and blows his it's, knee out it's for two all, straight years. Yeah, but it's all just. Then goes there and plays phenomenal. It's all just straight luck, you know. Uh, I just, the, all the moves I made just seemed to just work out well, yes. so. That's swear sweet, to, dude. Swear to God, it's a. That's sweet. Swear to God, your your championship yeah. belt. It's a championship it, bracelet, dude. It's a bracelet on. It me. is a championship bracelet. Hey, I got that on fantasy jocks. It was yeah, it was a dude. nice little deal. I paid a yeah. hundred bucks. I got the fantasy football draft poster. I got the stickers. I got that belt. I got a handful of other things. It, it was worth it for me. Nice. Hell yeah, I'm wearing this bitch in tomorrow next year on my wrist. Like I won that bitch because I did. And it was a good time. It was a little weird ending, but you yeah, know, you do a keeper run it or you start back over new next year? Start new. It's just a nice. Regular yeah. snake draft I do I changed the rules up just slightly. But it's the way I I In your favor? No, no, no. Oh, you're doing it wrong then. But I've been running it for <laughs> we'll have to play eleven next year. years. Yeah, eleven years. Yeah, we've been in it for a while. That's and I host, and I cook, and we get drunk, and we have fantasy football picks, and it's a good time usually. Nice. Yeah, play, we played poker afterwards. Uh, some Texas Hold'em last year, so it was a good time afterwards. I would love for someone to teach me that game, and then, oh, I, I could and teach then I'd play with you guys. We could all play. That'd be that'd be great. Just for fun. Yeah, that sounds great. So, on that note. We uh we pushing at least an hour and forty five. Yeah, we're at an hour and forty two minutes oh, right now. Oh man, that's perfect. Yeah, nobody's fought each other. I feel like it's been longer. That's all. That's we even got to two hours yet. Yeah, we took like a half an hour break yeah. while a couple I of while I completely screwed up the board and we recorded uh, some stuff we shouldn't have yeah. and hey. had point. to make phone calls to delete mm, stuff. And still learning. Totally yeah. nailing it. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Hey, we're just gonna keep learning as we go. That's right. Just I will like, be the best. Just like Purdy, Jay. Dude. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna crash when he goes into Philadelphia. Maybe he's he won't, got he won't Dallas, be on the so West at least Coast. Get to make fun of he you. won't be on the West Coast. Oh, he did. He got past Dallas, and and there's something to be said about playing in Philly. I hate to talk about football, but Philly is a 
Hey, awful. I'm, I'm jumping ship to the Bengals again this year. They have the they have Kansas City's number on top of with a healthy Mahomes. So <coughs> show Josh Allen three times. Last show year. Josh Allen how football really is played. So we'll have to see. Uh, thank you for our Buffalo boys for uh, all the all the text today. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, I still blame you for the Kardashians. And but, um, I told you this morning, Joe Burrow's on his way to town, and shit's going to get fucking real. So so I'd like to explain the uh, the Kardashian connection. Okay, go ahead. So O.J. Simpson, uh, had the Buffalo Bills not missed that single touchdown in 1970, they would not have been able to draft O.J. Simpson, who would not have been able to meet Nicole Brown Eventually, Nicole Brown Simpson, who he would eventually not have allegedly (laughs) (laughs) murdered. And then he would have not hired Robert Kardashian, who would have then become exceptionally famous and his children famous. And then Kim's sex tape wouldn't have meant nothing to the world. And then we would have been... Except for some big booty chick getting nailed in the butthole. Right, which you can see literally <laughs> anywhere like, on the internet. And I wouldn't have had to pay for it then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I would have lost a lot of spank bank material. But most importantly, it's OJ's fault that the fucking Kardashians are famous. Because they shouldn't be. Because nobody should give a fuck about <laughs> so, people. So please tell me there were no female uh, cops on the uh, the Franklin Police Force. Oh, there's we're just now getting to Chris's airing of grievance. Yeah, that is that is my airing of. <laughs> I have two airings of grievances. One, the there Buffalo one. Bills. There's one making the Kardashians famous. Number two, all these fucking athletes advertising for DraftKings and all these fucking gambling agencies. And Pete Rose can't get into the fucking Hall of Fame. Valid. Oh, valid man. point. Oh, I'm with it. I'm with it. Valid. Let him in. Let him in. Yes, let him in. That's Pete's the, the best. The end. I didn't want to bring back airing of grievances, but if everybody else can fucking gamble now. Yeah. Oh, hold on. We have to go through all of our good stuff. So And advertise it. Pete Rose. Let him in. Let oh, him yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Let him the fuck in. Fuck the dopers. I don't need to see Sammy Sosa or uh, Barry Bonds in there, but Pete Rose, absolutely. He just gambled on his own team because he's just smarter than everybody else. <laughs> Made a good hell of a team. Yeah, exactly. Best player of all, one of the best players of all time. Hands down. Absolutely. So on that, we're gonna we're gonna get out of sports talk, I guess, and we're gonna end this podcast. Um, we've been recording in the Urban Fly Company Studios. Uh, it's been a pleasure tonight. Hey, I want to thank every everybody who listens. Uh, all the uh, feedback I got this week on uh, thank you for bringing the podcast back. No, Mark got a lot too. Uh, that's who we're doing this for. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Mark, who are the sponsors tonight? We are brought to you by Sims Fishing, a Rex Hooks Yeti built for the wild, and Cortland Lions. Friends of the show, buddy. Friends of the show, Ryan Evans, Queen City Gang. Sorry about your bills, dude. Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Management. Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods. Again, I can't say enough about these these awesome rods. Two-piecers. Uh, uh, yeah, the two-piecers. The four-pieces are good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, that two-piece is uh, fucking cannon. I'm going to order a one-piece. 
Just because I have to. Hey, and real quick before I forget, uh, so I've spoken to a gentleman on Instagram here, Preston, PMW Studios. He has these rotating fly hubs. So you've been seeing them kind of pop up. A few different people have them on their Instagram. So if you've seen them, he is doing a introductory here. I'm trying to see what the date runs through. Uh, Mid-February. So you're going to be an 8-inch XL. They're $45. They have 55 with a rotating. An XL12 is 65 and 75 rotating. And then there is an upcharge if you want some custom engraving, your name, logo, what have you. But they're like a magnetic fly holder that rotates and... Oh, hey Mark, when are you gonna be? Out. When are you gonna be in Pittsburgh, Mark? February fourth, I'll be an international angler. Do you wanna pull things bucktail? Hey, awesome. we'll, we'll be fly. hanging out down there, having a good time. I think the yeah, SVS crew will be down there, doing uh, our thing. Your, your buddy's gonna be there a few weeks after me. Who's that? Kelly. Kelly Gallup. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go to that one too. So I wanna I wanna mention uh, if you wanna find us on Instagram. Uh, at Dr. J, what is it, J? Oh, it, yeah, Dr. J, 83. Dr. J, 83, I am uh, Flats Pirate. It's the one Chris Sims and then Urban Fly Company uh, for sure on Instagram. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, starting Tuesday, I will have started, we will have started a Facebook group, The SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Join in. Please answer the questions. And if you invite people to join the group, have them answer the questions because we don't need uh, all those spammers, uh, Mohinder, Zohinder, trying to sell us the SVS t-shirts. Click this link. And buy my flies. Buy my flies. And then all your money's gone. So we're going to start this group. It's going to be open on Tuesday. It will not be open tonight or Monday on Tuesday. Please search it out. Please join. If you have any questions for the podcast, if you have any comments, any concerns, drop them there. Send us some messages. Jay, Mark, and I are going to be the moderators of the group. Uh, if you choose to be a troll and a dick, we'll kick you out. Uh, if you want to be awesome, join up. If you don't, don't. Yeah. It well, would be it would be nice to get a little bit more feedback and absolutely. you know, just have a group of guys that you know yeah. want to talk some SVS fishing. Absolutely. Gear questions, questions for the show. Like if you have a Q&A you want to ask, you know, hey, Mark, how do you tie this? Mark, what do you think of this? People you want to hear from? Yeah, you know, absolutely. We will reach out to them. Yeah. Uh, who do you want as a guest? Exactly. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, we're super excited to be able to interact with you guys a little bit easier and a little bit better. And I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. So please, starting Tuesday, the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast on Facebook Groups. Uh, answer the questions so that I know you're a person and not a robot or some dude that doesn't speak English that only wants to sell us T-shirts or coffee mugs. <laughs> I like T-shirts and coffee mugs. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Yeah, Send but they're going to steal your money. They're not going to send you shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 You know me. It's, I'm, like, I'm like a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, on that note, hey, we're out tonight. Uh, Mark, push the up. Uh, or Mark. Uh, sorry. Push the pause button, damn it. Yeah, three marks uh, sign us out. <laughs>